St. John's Orange presents the St. John's Podcast, proclaiming God's Word with intentionality and boldness to make a positive impact on our world. If today's message brings some encouragement or a resolve to more fully follow Christ, please leave us a five-star review, and please follow or subscribe to this podcast. Both of these simple actions help to increase our reach and will encourage others to listen. Now, open your heart to what God has for you today. Here's Pastor Trevor Van Blarkham. It's good to be with you tonight. It's good to see you. No better place to be on a Wednesday evening than here at St. John's as we gather during the season of Lent to turn away from ourselves and to turn back to our Lord Jesus Christ. It's been our hope and prayer as the worship and music team and as your pastors that throughout these weeks that we have... um, help guide you along in repentance. And each week we have tried to do something that stirs you a little bit in your heart to help you remember the repentance and the call that Jesus has on each one of our lives. And tonight we will continue that. Tonight we're going to invite you forward, much like we do for communion or like we did when we did the personal absolution. But tonight, after we do a reaffirmations of our baptisms, we'll invite you to come forward and you may place your finger into the water here and make the sign of the cross upon you to remember the baptism that you received. For many of us, it was as an infant. For some of us, as an adult. It's just always a very special thing. And I don't want you to think that this is a second baptism or that we're doing something absolutely crazy. If you've ever been to Concordia, Irvine, if you've been to their Good Shepherd Chapel or the Space Mountain Chapel, you know that they have the baptismal font in the back and that's something you can do there as well. So a powerful reminder for what God has done, for what he has claimed you, his child, his son, his daughter, whom he loves in your baptism. So we hope that that will enrich your soul and drive you closer to Jesus tonight. Tonight we look at Saul, and uh, I thought a lot about this one because I think in our cultural climate, it is very hard right now, especially when we know we are right, when we know that we have the truth, when there are things that we have to stand up for and things that we must speak out against, but at the same way to find a kind way to do that, to be firm, to be confident in what we believe, but also to be kind. And we're gonna see that Saul was a little bit off track, but God was seeking him for a greater purpose. And I believe that God seeks each one of us for a greater purpose. So tonight we look at repentance, even when we think we are right, God has a wonderful way of nudging us back to his heart. So I pray that as we worship tonight, You are enriched deeply in your walk with Jesus. Let's stand together. No, we're not going to ring the bell tonight. We'll just stand and I'll start with our invocation and we'll sing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
from Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Please be seated. We're going to pray again tonight with the Litany of Humility, a series of challenging but important petitions in which we ask God through his grace to help us to be truly humble. And as we pray, we ask Jesus to deliver us from the desire for people to see us in a particular way or light. And after each petition, we will respond with, deliver me, Jesus. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me from the desire of being esteemed, from the desire of being loved, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, And we continue in prayer, asking Jesus to deliver us from the fears that prevent us from living life with compassion for God and others, and also ourselves. We speak together. O oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being defamed, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, and from the fear of being suspected. Tonight's scripture reading comes to us from Acts chapter 22, a familiar story as we read it. Usually we read from Acts chapter 9, but I thought tonight it might be interesting to read from Acts chapter 22, which is where Paul tells the story of his conversion through his own words. Now, if you will recall, we first see Saul holding coats when Stephen is being stoned. But there are some that say that Saul would even have been present and there when Jesus was on trial that night and when he was sentenced to be crucified. But prior to our reading that we'll look at, we know from Acts chapter 8 that Paul was responsible for ravaging the early church to entering homes of Christians, killing some, dragging others off, and putting them in prison. 
In chapter 9, we learn that he receives permission to go from or to go to Damascus to continue expanding his work that he began in Jerusalem. Damascus is about 130 miles from Jerusalem, about a six days journey. But the picture that we are given of Saul is an angry, violent man who is convinced of his own righteousness, doing what he thought agreed with the word of God and working in line with the Jewish religious council. He was, in the name of God, condemning, hurting, and killing those who were a threat to the way of his life. He thought that he was very close with God, but in reality he could not have been further from the Lord. This is Paul's conversion in his own words from Acts chapter 22. Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I stuttered under Gamil and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death. And again, Christianity here is being referred to as the way, which seems to be the earliest name the, of the Christian movement, which I really like because calling it the way means that it must be more than just beliefs and head knowledge. It must also be a way of living and behaving persecuting the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as the high priest and all the council themselves can testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord, I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. And my companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. Ordinarily, through our time of Lent, this is when we enter into the text. We act as if we were there. But it wouldn't make sense for us to be there tonight because as you yourself saw, the ones who were there didn't understand or see what was going on. So I thought that maybe we could meditate on these words tonight ruminate on them, think about them, and do our best to unite our hearts to Paul's as we look and listen again to that conversation that he had with the living God. We know who he was. We know that in stubbornness and anger, he was clouded. For anger and stubbornness have a way of clouding knowing God. 
But the light came first. And Paul fell. Not out of honor or out of reverence. But he fell to survive because he was terrified of the light. But then the voice spoke. And the voice speaks once again a name. Last week we looked at Zacchaeus and Jesus calling him by name. And here again, the voice speaking directly to Saul. And I love that in chapter 22, Paul is retelling this story just like in chapter 9. But even here he remembers that the Lord says his name twice. Saul, Saul. I think that's important because when you look at scripture, whenever God repeats a name twice, it's always to display this deep emotion. Not necessarily anger, but a deep emotion and love and empathy. Just like when he looked at Martha and said, Martha, Martha. Or when he looked over the city of Jerusalem and wept saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He speaks the name of those he would call. He says that Saul is persecuting not people, but Jesus himself. Because your Jesus identifies with you. The pain that you experience, the wrong that is done to you, his church, he feels and connects and unites himself to. And I love the question that he asks Saul to consider. Why? Why are you doing this? And this is a beautiful question for us to consider. Why am I doing what I am doing? Saul responds not with an answer but with two more questions. The first is, who are you? When you ask yourself, why am I doing what I am doing? Whether it is causing pain or finding direction in your life, the questions that the apostle asks here are profound. Who are you, Lord? He will spend the rest of his life trying to find the answer more completely of who is the Lord. This man who was met by the light and responded in fear will be the same one to stand up later in Philippians and say, whatever was gained to me now, I consider as loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of just knowing Jesus for whose sake I have lost everything. I considered all of it garbage that I may gain Jesus, may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but through that which is faith in Christ. I want to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection, to participate in his life, his sufferings, to become like him, and to somehow attain the resurrection from the dead. 
Each one of us must ask, who are you, Lord? And what you will find is this God who you may be seeking is seeking you and will find you. This is why he has come for each one of us. He seeks you to know you so that you may know him. And the second question that Saul asks, what shall I do? What do you want me to do? Jesus spoke clearly. This is who I am. We know. We look at Jesus. We see God. The next question is, what do you want me to do? Few people will look and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? They'll say, Jesus, I want you to do this. But Jesus, what do you want me to do changes us. It's a personal question. Not what do you want others to do. Not what's in it for me. What do you want me to do, Jesus? And God gives him one step. Doesn't lay out the entire plan of everything that's going to happen. Starts with one thing of get up and go. And you know what happens. He gets to the city. He's blind. He can't see. They lead him in. He doesn't eat or drink for three days. He just sits there in silence and prays. In some ways, it's as if three days of blindness, deprivation, he is dying to who he was before to rise anew. The text continues and says, A man named Ananias came to see me, a devout observer of the law, highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, already identifying him as a family man, as a child of God, receive your sight. And at that moment, I was able to see him. He said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one, to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, call on his name and be saved. In repentance, God broke Saul. And in repentance, God breaks each one of us but never leaves us as broken. fills us and leaves us filled with his grace, his mercy, his spirit. We like to say that Saul was converted on the road, but he was not converted out of fear or through the law. He was converted when the gospel came into his heart here in the waters of baptism when he realized he could not accomplish on his own what he was trying to do, but needed Jesus. And if the pattern is here for us to follow, it's to share in the experiences, to let ourselves be confronted by Jesus, to let ourselves surrender and be broken of our sin and those things that we so desperately think we are right in. 
to let him break our hearts to be kind and to wait for him to call us to do. And it starts in mercy and grace in forgiveness and the promises of Jesus. In the season of Lent, it starts here. So tonight, as we continue to worship and we sing, we will stand together. We will reaffirm this baptismal faith that we have received. And we have an opportunity to come forward and to touch with our own hands and feel how God himself has connected to each one of us and calls us his own. Will you stand with me as we do this? Holy baptism is the means by which the Father creates new sons and daughters. In the waters of baptism, we are joined to the death and resurrection of our Lord, born again by water and the Spirit. We are made members of the body of Christ, living in fellowship with Him and with His people. We grow in faith, love, and obedience to the will of God. I call upon you, therefore, to renew the solemn vows and promises of holy baptism by which we once renounced the devil and all his works and all his ways and were made members of the Lord's Christian church. Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? Do. do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Yes, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son? Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. You have been marked with the sign of the cross. We have been baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For surely you know this. When we were baptized into union with Christ Jesus, we were baptized into union with his death. I'd invite you to be seated as we sing and I'll allow the ushers to come forward to invite us forward as we remember our baptism. What love could remember no wrongs we have done omniscient, unknowing Counts not their son thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. 
so much would seek to divide us, our Lord Jesus Christ. In Him, we are always united. As we close our time of worship, we ask Jesus to guide us towards loving our neighbors before ourselves. And we speak this together. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be esteemed more than I. that in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. that others may become holier than I, provided that I make him as holy as I should. And may he grant us all the grace to consider everything worth nothing compared to knowing him. We pray as we have been taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy This podcast, along with all of our broadcast offerings, are listener-supported. Would you consider partnering with us with a gift? Visit stjohnsorange.org to learn more and stay connected.